0: Hi everybody, you're listening to Sound Advice. Hi everybody, welcome to the healthcare edition of our podcast Sound Advice. My name's Steve Jones and I'm joined today by Tax Director at Ballard's uh, Peter Herneman. Hi Peter. Hi there. And Assistant Tax Manager Chelsea James. Hi Chelsea. Hi Steve. Hi there. Thanks for joining me t- today guys. Um, so um, we're here to talk about the NHS pension scheme and um, more specifically the Macleod case um, and what the sort of knock-on effects etc are. Peter do, do you want to sort of just give us a quick overview of the of the schemes?
1: Yeah I mean realistically um, Macleod affects both um, the 1995 section and um, the 2008 section of the scheme, but also the, the, the 2015 section. Most people will find themselves in the 1995 and the, the 2015, but there are the odd, odd, odd uh, individuals who will be within in the 2008 scheme. What we'll talk about today mainly reflects the 1995 and 2015 schemes but also realistically also relates to um, consultants or those working within the NHS rather than GPs who have a slightly different way of calculating the scheme. If I can start with the uh, 2015 section of the scheme, uh, this is a career average revalued earnings scheme. It's based upon pensionable pay in a given year, in a a tax year, um, and is roughly calculated as taken as 154th or 1.85% of the pensionable pay in that year um, as a payment into the pension pension scheme to be drawn in due course. There's a little historic growth included in that, but generally speaking, you're you know if you're on a hundred thousand, you'll be taking one, one 1.85% of that as payable into your pension scheme or will be paid as a pension in due course. The 1995 section of the scheme is a final salary scheme and is based upon a number of years you've been in that section of the scheme and a proportion of that taken as a pension in due course. The calculation behind it is more more complicated. As I say, it's based upon the number of reckonable years you've been within the scheme divided by 80 and then that amount is paid out at the appropriate pensionable age. The calculation in respect of either of the schemes is based around the pensionable pay, which has a knock-on effect for both the pension, but also importantly annual allowance and the growth within the pension. What that means is that unlike a defined contribution scheme that a normal employee will be buying into and paying into their scheme, the defined benefit scheme is based upon growth in that scheme rather than the actual contributions. You have to bear in mind or you have to note that those contributions that those with inside the NHS pension scheme are paying by a way of superannuation have no bearing upon the pension itself. They are effectively a contribution towards the scheme not towards your pension. So when you see those deductions being made on a monthly basis through payslips or as GPs would be on a, on a monthly monthly basis through, through Exeter statements, those have no bearing on the actual pension itself. They are a contribution to the scheme. I think that just about covers the, the basis of, of the, the schemes themselves. What we also now need to cover is McLeod. Um, I will pass over the, the main bulk of this um, to Chelsea just to go through but in general terms McLeod was a, was a a case taken by judges um, against government on age discrimination. Um, judges won, it applies to the NHS, it applies to any government scheme and there is a, a, a significant knock-on effect which I think we'll just cover now if that's okay Chelsea. Yeah. Right. Thanks Peter. So
2: as Peter's mentioned there's Three sections to the NHS Pension Scheme, you've got the 95 and 2008 sections, which we now refer to as the Legacy Schemes, and the 2015, which is known as the Reform Scheme. So when the 2008 scheme was introduced, members had a choice as to whether they wanted to transfer over to this scheme, and most people stayed put in the 95 scheme. However, when the 2015 section was introduced, members were transferred based on their age and how close they were to retirement. So those members who were closest to retirement were protected from moving into the reform scheme and could remain in their legacy scheme, whether that was the 95 or the 2008 section. As Peter said, quite rightly, people began to question whether this was discrimination. Um, And in December 2018, the Court of Appeal found that it was discriminating against younger members. This applies to all public sector schemes, not just the NHS pension. Um, so to rectify this, the government are implementing a remedy whereby the individuals who were members of the scheme as at the 31st of M- March 2012 and were still members as at the 1st of April 2015, they will have all their 2015 benefits transferred back into their legacy scheme between between the periods of April 2015 and March 2022. This is known as the remedy period. As of 31st of March 2022, the legacy schemes were closed and all members, regardless of their age, were transferred into the 2015 scheme. So what does that mean? So at retirement, members will have the choice whether they want their benefits to remain in the legacy scheme or for them to go back into the 2015 section Um, And this is a decision which is completely dependent on an individual's circumstances. So at that point, I imagine a lot of people will be seeking um, independent financial advice to help make that decision.
1: There was Chelsea, wasn't there? There was a discussion as to whether they would move people straight away into um, the new schemes or whether people would be given the option to decide at retirement. And I think quite rightly, the decision whether you remained in the legacy or changed to the 2015 scheme can't be made until retirement um, because you don't know what your circumstances are going to be. But the difference between the schemes where you're getting a final salary and a lump sum or getting um, just just a, a proportion paid makes the difference. And I think they were correct in saying that this decision would be made at a later point.
0: Yeah. What about members that have already retired, Chelsea?
2: Um, so the legislation that needs to be put in place for that um, isn't expected to be in place until October 2023, but at that point, NHS pensions will contact the members directly and give them the choice to revert their benefits back into the, their legacy scheme if they want to, um, and any changes will then be backdated to the point that they retired.
0: Mm. And Peter, Peter mentioned that the the different about the different schemes and the rate in which their benefits accrue. Um, will this have any effect on the members' annual allowance tax charges?
2: Yes, so the simple answer is yes. Um, So all the benefits for that period where they've reverted into the legacy (coughs) schemes, um, without a doubt the pension input will change. Mm. The 2015 section has a pension accrual rate which is higher, so that leads to greater exposure to an annual allowance charge. So in most cases, when people are reverting back to their 95 or 2008 scheme, we'd expect a reduction in the tax charge.
0: Okay. And any other implications following the reform?
2: Um, I suppose the one that springs to mind for me relates to GPs, and that's because mm. GPs that are members of the 2015 pension scheme, their pension contributions are based on annualised pay. So that means if they've had a break during the year, the rate they pay the superannuations will be based on 365 days of pensionable pay rather than the amount they've actually received. So as an example, a GP may have worked six months of the year, have actual pensionable pay of £60,000, but their tier rate will be based on the uprated amount of £120,000. So contributions will be due at a rate of 14.5%, instead of 12.5. Okay. However, there is a however, <laughs> mm-hmm. annualization doesn't apply to the legacy schemes. So based on our very simple example, the member would have overpaid 1200 pounds of pension contributions in that given year. So that will need to be paid back to them. The mechanism of how that will work hasn't been outlined but we understand NHS pensions have a dedicated
0: team that are currently working. Mm, It's a good job they've made this this whole thing very um, simple to work out, isn't it? Mm. Well, the the added complication to
1: it all is that we're talking about going back to 2015 in certain circumstances. Mm. Those who've transitioned over a later period will obviously be dealt with later. Um, Government have accepted that they made a big mistake with regard to this whole process, and what they've agreed is that individuals who will benefit from reverting back and can make adjustments to their earlier years with regard to tax rather than to annual allowance will be compensated if they lose, if they're in a position where they were losing out. There is a four year limit for making claims through HMRC, but this will obviously go back greater than four years in certain circumstances. So compensation will be available. Um, but if going back into the legacy schemes creates a charge, they won't go back more than the four years and they won't be collecting more than that. So government in accepting they've got a problem have given members as much benefit as possible. So there is a positive. The problem at the end of it, Steve, is that someone's got to pay for all this to be redone. And from Knowledge that we've recently obtained via the pension scheme as part of the compensation package that will be available. There is talk of having accountancy fees included as part of that compensation because throughout this whole process, various bodies, us included, have been questioning who's going to pay for this to be revised because it's going to be a timely, timely, timely thing to do. But it does look again it's only outlined and we haven't had anything set in stone but it does look as though some if not all of the cost will be borne through this compensation scheme so there are, there is a positive side to that as well interesting
0: and what about the members that may have opted out of the 2015 pension scheme between the remedy period can they can they reverse their decision
2: um Yeah, so we're aware that many members may have opted out of the scheme or reduced their work commitments, cancelled things like added years contracts or even taken early retirement. Um, In those cases, the government have said they will consider the reversal of each decision, but this will be on a case-by-case basis. And it's important to note that members must be able to demonstrate they've made the decision solely because of the impact of age discrimination. And not because of the tax charges.
0: Yeah. So, anything that members should be taking now? What what action should people be take, taking?
2: So right now, there's not really a lot anyone can do, um, and no actions required. It's okay. just a case of waiting for those regulations and legislation to be written, and further guidance from NHS pensions. Um, But what we would recommend is ensuring that pension records are up to date. Um, This is particularly important for GPs, given their career portfolio and the fact that it can include various sources of pensionable income, whether that's from an officer scheme or a GP scheme. Um, They can do this by requesting a pension service history from NHS Pensions, and we've been told that this should be in writing and there will need to be a reason for the request this could simply just be that they think that ha- there's gaps in their records.
1: Mm. Okay, great. This is, this is something we can help with and um, what we're doing with a number of clients anyway, and it is, it is a, a problem in getting the information from, from pensions, but it is, it is, it is there and it is available eventually. Um, it, it can take a bit of time. Um, they are busily trying to to bring things up to date, but, it is it is a quite a time consuming process the other thing that i would just mention um, is that whilst they haven't set a time limit for the legacy schemes to be reverted back to there is talk about october 23 as as when this information will be updated and things will be dealt with we don't know that for certain because they talk about legislation being in place by that point etc etc but those individuals, those members who are looking to retire or getting closer to retirement age, by questioning it, I think there's a greater chance that pensions will sort theirs out quicker uh, mm. than uh, those those individuals. So as Chelsea's mentioned, it's got to be done on a case-by-case basis in general terms. But if there is an issue and we're getting close to retirement or, the, or there's uh, other problems, then we need to address them relatively quickly, even though everything's not quite in place at pension side yet. Don't don't leave it till 2023, I think, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. OK, excellent. Great. Peter, Chelsea, thank you very much. That's um, somewhat clear as mud, but um, I appreciate that um, um, it's uh, not supposed to be easy, is it really? So um, um, if anyone wanted to get in contact with uh, Peter or, or Chelsea to discuss this or, or any other um, matter, uh, its the usual number is 01905. 794 that's our 1905 794 or alternatively you can uh, contact um, Peter or Chelsea on email which is firstname.secondname at balazelllp.com that's peter.herneman at balladslp.com or chelsea.james at balazelllp.com Peter, Chelsea, thank you very much for your time and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks Steve.
2: Thanks Steve. Thank you.